Here we go around the mulberry bush, the mulberry bush that is the 70th Academy Awards in which Titanic took Best Picture in 1997. Yeah. Gosh, so we thought, right. We thought with uh, our producer, Trav, whom we love dearly, on the podcast with us this week, that we just discuss a little bit about James Cameron before we got into the episode. The real JC. The real JC. <laughs> <laughs> Died for our sins. <laughs> it's somehow still alive. <laughs> Jimmy Cameron. Jimmy Cameron. James Cameron. Good old Jim Cam Cam. Jimmy Cam Cammy Cam. Wham bam. He, thank he you. May, he may have died for our sins and just transferred to a new body. Because he invented that technology, apparently. Of course right. he did. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, he did. Yeah. All right. So, like am, am I the only one that actually likes James Cameron? I like I don't, James Cameron. I don't love James Cameron. I don't hate James Cameron. I just... He, he makes pretty movies that look good. I've got, that's it. Yeah. I, uh, like, I'm always like, eh, I like James Cameron, but then I, I love like three of his movies and, you know, aliens and Terminator two are, are pretty high up there for me. And we'll talk about what the third is later. Oh no, uh, we're talking about it today. I don't give a fuck what Jonathan said. I'm bringing it up. Damn it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm the producer yeah. on this show yeah i mean like my favorite film of his is piranha 2 the spawning so, yes <laughs> honestly i've that's one i've never seen i've never seen any of the piranha movies um they're all pretty terrible and wonderful at the same time so right definitely jump on those i, I mean the the newer ones piranha 3d and piranha 3 double d <laughs> not great yeah i haven't I, seen I the those. abyss since I, it's, I need so to good. It. It's, so good. it's so good it's so good it's it's so good for a film that almost killed a couple of its stars and uh everybody that worked on it hates it well do, uh, doesn't that happen in every james cameron movie he almost kills a couple probably of his actors that sounds correct yeah absolutely correct he really pushes the envelope <laughs> yeah and as i've mentioned before on the show terminator 2 is my first uh movie theater experience that I can remember and therefore my first rated R movie uh my dad said oh I think you can differentiate between fantasy and reality let's go see this and for the most part he was right uh it's kind of a weird way that movie was marketed for like with the toys and everything the only yeah. thing I really got in trouble for was I did call a kid on the bus a dipshit and I got called to the <laughs> office for that. So, thank you James Cameron for teaching me the word dipshit Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Yeah, I Terminator Two is the first rated R film I think I saw. Is I that or Dark Man? Dark Man. I love Dark Man. And uh, True Lies was the first rated R film I saw at a movie theater. So I was ten. <laughs> Way to go, and, dads! Yeah, thanks, Dad. <laughs> well, I'm glad to see that James Cameron played just a pivotal role in your childhood movies. Yeah, and he. Made my second favorite Alien film. Yeah. Ridley Scott made my favorite. I think, I'm just going to say this. I think James Cameron is an innovator that doesn't age well. So, like, when Aliens came out, it was was great. It doesn't age well. 
when <laughs> Terminator 2 comes out, you're like, whoa, holy shit. They're doing all this crazy stuff in this movie. Doesn't age well. Titanic the same way. You know, for the little bit of CGI they use, you can really fucking tell that they use it. And it's the same thing with Avatar. When Avatar came out, I was blown away by this movie. When Disney Plus launched and I was like, I can't wait to watch Avatar. I was like, I can't believe I like this movie as much as I like this movie when it came out. So I think he's a really, he's an innovator at the time he puts out something. And then a number of years later, it just doesn't hold up to what you thought it was. That's my James Cameron opinion in a nutshell. It's fair. Yeah. I'm an outlier on Avatar. I, I wasn't blown away by it. I think it just right. looks worse there now. Was literally nothing original about Avatar. No. Yeah, I think we've... I'm sure people have heard us talk about that, but we'll talk about it a little bit again. I, I was one who saw it at theaters multiple times. I was like, oh my god, this 3D is incredible. But then watch it at home. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. This, this, this absolutely. Shit. <laughs> I... I will say this, and, I, and I'm trying not to sound facetious when I say it, but I think the best theater experience I've had with James Cameron was getting to see Ghosts of the Abyss in IMAX. Nice. It sounds like that would be really good in IMAX in 2003. Yeah. And actually, I ended. It was I didn't see it in IMAX in 2003. I saw it in maybe like 2010. Oh Jesus! It's it's a really good film. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I've never I've, seen Aliens of the Deep. Oh, I love Aliens of the Deep. I I really like pretty much all of his movies. I don't love all of his movies. I do love some of them, but I've I don't I've never seen a James Cameron movie and did not like it. And he has a short list compared yeah. to other notable directors. Yeah, it's a it's a real it's a real quick uh, filmography. You know, for fucking forty years, you yeah, know, you can count them on one hand. Yeah, because really, I guess when you sell that much, you don't got to do shit, you know, when you continuously break box office records. Yeah, without betraying my thoughts on Titanic, which we'll get to, the only James Cameron film I do not like that isn't Titanic is Avatar. Didn't like it then, I like it less now. Yeah. Right. And I don't blame anybody for saying that. I don't even fault you. Because it just doesn't, I don't care for it now. And I guarantee when Avatar 2 comes out, it's going to go gangbusters. It's going to blow people away. And then 10 years later, you'll be like, eh, this movie didn't age well. Because that's just what James Cameron does. <laughs> By that time, the what, third or fourth or fifth one will be coming they've, out. They've signed on for five fucking movies. <laughs> Jonathan got the mic ready. He looked like he was about to say something. Nope. I am... Um... I, I, I agree with Trav that I think he's an innovator, but only because he's a technological innovator. Yeah, he's <laughs> a guy who says, I want this to happen and doesn't understand that the technology doesn't exist. So he just finds a way to make the technology exist or have yeah. enough money given to him to make the technology exist. Yeah. I appreciate that about him. Yeah. And he's also a guy who knows how to put a camera in the right place. Absolutely. Yep. But I just think his movies generally are meh at best. And yeah. Yeah, let's use that as a segue then. Well then let's talk about a movie. Let's talk about a movie.
Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Beers. I'm Zach McCoy. And it is your boy, Trev. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscaristy Podcast, a show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week, Jonathan? Uh, today, we're watching Titanic, the movie where you got to choose how you wanted it to end by which tape you put in your VCR. <laughs> I like that. Uh, life is a movie. Write your own ending. <laughs> uh, this is everybody's first time watching this movie. Oh. <laughs> no. I, I hate when I know. Trav. Of course not. I, I hate when I know everybody's answer is going to be no. The worst. You know, what's the fun part is I think we are all of the age where this has the potential to be one of our first date movies. Not for Ooh, me. I was, I was in third grade when this came out. So. Oh, that's right. You're a child. I'm a child. Trav is baby. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Who remembers the first time they saw this movie? I do. Go for it. Okay, I right. everybody was looking like they ain't know. So I figured oh, I, I know mine, and I have a story. Um, <laughs> so I I did not see this in theaters because third grade Travis would never want to see this movie. You know what I mean? However, apparently fourth grade Travis, when mommy and daddy brought home that double VHS tape, you know, popped that that sucker in and uh, had himself. It was one of the first movies that had your boy in tears. Very nice. Jonathan, Zach? I remember seeing it in theaters. I mean, I I mentioned it being a potential date night movie, but I mean, who the fuck was I having a date? But uh, (laughs) no, I just, I was of the age where I was an idiot, so I didn't want to see a Leonardo DiCaprio movie because (laughs) I didn't want to see the guy that was on like all the teen beat bullshit and pretty boy crap. Because yeah. I was an idiot and was not recognizing the greatest actor of our generation. So, fair, fair. And that's who? Leo. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Zach? Well, um, very sadly, I did not get to see it in theaters. And um, I'll get more into this when we start talking about the movie exact, precisely. But I was one of those kind of. There, there's a subculture of uh, middle school Titanic nerds it seems like from a lot of YouTube comments the people that were like into Titanic and and I was I was into it and when the movie was announced I was excited and um, I had a couple games which I'll bring up later that I'd played um, <laughs> and what I, does that mean? <laughs> Titanic related games okay. <laughs> Come here, baby. We're going to play Sink the Boat. <laughs> ah. <laughs> but yeah, I was 11. I was, and I was, uh, my parents had just divorced. And I remember I was visiting my dad. All right. So I'm sorry for laughing at, <laughs> right at that moment. But uh, I also noticed what movie came out this year 97. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> uh, so, it all comes full circle. Yeah, it all comes so, full circle. <laughs> we were driving along, passing a marquee. I believe it was uh, somewhere in Hampton, like Mercury Boulevard. I don't remember what theater it was, but I saw Titanic on the marquee, and this is at the point where it started becoming, you know, a big thing. And a lot of my 
friends had seen it and I was like, Dad, I really want to see Titanic. And he just said, no, you don't need to see that. That's a chick flick and just kept driving. And later took me to see Mr. Magoo. So my first time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You know what makes the story the best? If you, If it was, you know. You wanted to see Titanic, but he said, like, fuck that. We're going to see Mr. Magoo. <laughs> Basically. Basically. Oh, God. But, no, yeah, my uh, my mom, I, did, I didn't end up seeing it until my mom bought that double VHS. And my mom is, has never been the kind of person to really buy movies. But she bought that double VHS and put it on the bookshelf. And my sister, like, ripped the case a little bit. And I remember being like, this, this movie is supposed to be, like, an important thing. You ripped the case. And she never bought another movie. But <laughs> that's, that's an exaggeration. But she didn't buy many. <laughs> um, Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> I mean, she's bought maybe 10 ever. It's crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't get to see it until a neighbor girl who was three or four years older who would come over and check on my sister and I when my mom was away because I have a younger sister – and she's like, oh, you guys got Titanic. And she put it on. And so I was watching this movie and I really uh, got into it. And, you know, certain scenes watching it with your older, somewhat uh, hot neighbor girl was kind of odd. So, yeah, it's a very memorable <laughs> experience. But I've yet to see it in theater, even with release. And I'm a little salty about that. Yeah, I uh I remember it basically being a competition between a lot of the girls in my middle school on how many times they had seen this movie. <laughs> right, that sounds yeah. about then, right. That was the thing. Watching yeah. it again with my wife because she refused to let me watch this by myself. Because <laughs> she loves you and cares about you. No, because I just want to sit and watch video games and basically ignore the movie. But... uh <laughs> She informed me that she had seen it 14 times in theaters. Oh, 14 in times. In theaters, wow. And that's oh, not and even that the catch. highest number that I had heard. No, that's not the highest number I had heard either. Just, I don't think I'd heard that number from anybody I knew personally. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I know Caitlin saw it maybe three or four, but not more than that. I just, but I saw The Dark Knight seven times. So mm. I remember at that, at that time, me just wondering, like, what the hell could make anybody want to watch a movie in theaters <laughs> fucking 14 times a three-hour movie at that right no, like, who's, almost like, three and a half like this <laughs> yeah so so you fall so this is this is the first time i saw a movie uh, a best picture winner in the theater before it won best picture so Thanks. that was exciting nice. uh came out december 19th and i'm pretty sure that the weekend it came out my friend courtney and i who, whom I am still friends with and our children play together from time to time um, or at least have a couple of times. Um, we went and saw it for her birthday because her birthday was that weekend. And <clears throat> I thought the film was fine. She and our friend who ended up in the same screening at us as us that sat with us just bawled through the end of the movie. And I wasn't that emotionally attached to it. So when we came out of the theater, the two of them were like, how are you not crying right now? Like, I just didn't think it was that good. And I was proceeded to be called heartless for months. Sounds right. After I saw this movie months. So I turned on this movie very hard. Uh, I bought a shirt 
it was a white shirt with the Titanic logo, uh, the lettering from the VHS that just said the boat sank, get over it. <laughs> Wore that shirt for years. I think I've seen those shirts. Yep. Uh, years. I was hoping in this little picture book I have that uh, there was a picture of me with that shirt on, but I couldn't find one. I did find this picture of me at Universal Studios Hollywood with a cardboard cutout of Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton from Dante's Peak. Yes. Of 13. Um, so, uh, so I pretty much hated this movie for most of my life. Uh, my sisters got it on VHS and we, we take these long road trips up to Illinois to visit our grandparents. Uh, it was the nineties, mind you, uh, my parents would take this, the middle seats out of our Aerostar and just put sleeping bags on the floor and uh, a VHS TV combo that they plugged into the cigarette lighter. Nice. And my sisters would bring Titanic along to watch, and it was Uh, torture because I couldn't escape it. Oh. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, so I I just did not like this movie. Yeah. Mm. Well, you had had a a somewhat uh, rough experience with it, so. Yeah, and then... And then I watched, this is the first uh, Academy Awards ceremony I ever watched from start to finish because I had to see Titanic lose best picture. Needless to say, I had a very bad night. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so fancy that. Fancy that. Shall we do an Oscar breakdown? Yeah. It is a lackluster March 23rd, 1998. Good God. We are in the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles, California. Billy Crystal has returned as the host uh, and does his little bit where he does parody songs to the uh, Best Picture nominees and does Gilligan's Island to Titanic. I like that. Yeah, Billy. I believe Propeller Guy got the movie star part. (laughs) Propeller (laughs) Guy. (laughs) And the rest. All right. Uh, our most nominated film on the evening is Titanic tying All About Eve at 14. Crazy. They're the two most wow. nominated films of all time. Of all time. Our most awarded film on the evening, also Titanic, tying Ben Hur at 11 for wow. the most awarded film of all time. It's incredible. That that really isn't insane. Yeah, most most nominated, most awarded. Ben Hur, I believe, got thirteen nominations. So this was more nominated than Ben Hur, but won the. Same and how long ago, how long had it been since somebody had tied that fourteen nomination? Uh, like that, what, I mean, that was, was a long about time, it. right? Yeah, that was in the fifties. Fifty-two. Okay, like so that. right. Forty-five years or so. Around Roughly, that. yeah. Insane, insane! Wow. About 1950. Okay, so 47 years. That there you is go. Remarkable. Woo. Remarkable indeed. So here we are. Best picture, Titanic. Prepare to hear this word a lot. <laughs> James Cameron, John Landau, winning for producers, beating as good as it gets. The Full Monty. Goodwill Hunting and LA Confidential. Best director goes to James Cameron for Titanic. 
he is, as he states during the Oscar ceremony, the king of the world. <laughs> Which is the moment my TV went off in 1998. <laughs> Cornball! Uh... Best lead actor goes to Jack Nicholson for As Good As It Gets, receiving his third Academy Award, his second leading Academy Award. His third, <sighs> of course, goes to supporting. Really think Robert Duvall had that one. Dude, I think Matt Damon. I'm a little biased, though. The Apostle is my grandfather's favorite movie. Mm. But we watched that quite a few times. Duvall's really fucking good in that. He is. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Leo, not in the category. Uh Best leading actress goes to Helen Hunt for as good as it gets. And she beats out Kate Winslet for Titanic. That's wild. I don't know. I specifically give it to Helen Hunt, though I really like that performance. I don't give this Academy Award to uh, Kate Winslet, though. Well, I haven't seen the... I literally have not seen the other ones, but uh, I'll I'll hold off until we talk about the movie. All right. Okay. Best Supporting Actor in one of the most deserved Academy Awards of all time goes to Robin Williams. Absolutely. Goodwill Hunting. Yes. Yeah. Perfecting what he didn't do very well in that other film. Whatever! <laughs> <laughs> it Eight is a better later, performance, right. though. But it is, you, it I, is better. I argue this is probably Robin Williams' best performance. This is his best performance. Yes. Absolutely. I, I think it's this and uh, Insomnia. Oh, I was going to say Patch Adams. One hour photos. Patch Adams. He's incredible <laughs> in Patch Adams. Dude, who doesn't love one yes. hour photo, though? Come on. <laughs> one hour photo so weird. <laughs> uh, best supporting actress goes to Kim Basinger for LA Confidential, <laughs> beating out Gloria Stewart for Titanic, who I don't think should have been nominated. Yeah. I mean, she was fine, but I mean, she didn't do anything exceptional. Right, absolutely. But, I agree. But she is the oldest performer nominated for a competitive Oscar. Good for her. <laughs> Zach, don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I gotta say, this supporting actress category, you take Gloria, Gloria Stewart out and you put literally anyone else in, uh, and this is such a good category. Dude, it's super stacked, because... Because it's, it's Basinger and L.A. Confidential, who deserves this Academy Award. Uh Joan Cusack in In and Out, which is a really good comedic performance. I love their burgers. Mini mm-hmm. Driver in Goodwill Hunting, who is phenomenal. Yeah, dude, she's and so Jul- cute. Julianne Moore at Boogie Nights, who's probably oh. my mm-hmm. probably my second oh my pick God. after Basinger. Yeah. Oh. She's so good <laughs> in that. Having a moment over here. Yeah, it's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, best screenplay. Written directly for the screen goes to Goodwill Hunting, giving Matt Damon and Ben Affleck Academy Awards. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Deserved. Very well deserved. I like I, them apples. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think if I don't give it to them, I give it to uh, Paul Thomas Anderson for Boogie Nights. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, best screenplay based on material previously produced or published goes to LA Confidential, which rules. Hmm. <laughs> That's a really good screenplay, and uh, I'm going to talk about that movie a little bit more in a bit. I feel like Wag the Dog got so many nominations and just... Yeah, and Mammoth, that's a really good script. Mammoth, <sighs> Mammoth rules. I love Mammoth. Hoffman, Hoffman's up in the leading actor category. That's a good movie. Goofed it's tonight. a great movie. Is that a Levinson? That's Levinson, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. 
just his weird ass career. That that guy's all (laughs) over the place. This is the year after what sleepers. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Sleepers. Okay. Best foreign language film goes to character. Uh, from the Netherlands. Dutch. Yes. Character. Compressor does not dance. Best Mm. documentary feature goes to the long way home. Uh, which is about the plight of Jewish refugees after World War II beating out Spike Lee's Four Little Girls. I believe that's Spike Lee's second Academy Award nomination after losing the screenplay for Do the Right Thing. Mm. Uh, for some reason, there is also a documentary about Anne Rand. Ayn, Ayn Rand. God damn it, I can't say her name. Mm. Ayn Rand in here. Fuck Ayn Rand. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> um, fuck Ayn Rand. I've still not seen Atlas Shrugged. Do you don't need to? <laughs> Uh, there's I also a doc. You. There's also a documentary about Waco in here. Damn, Koresh. Yeah, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, why we will never do the documentary category. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jewish refugees, bombing of a black church, Waco, Ayn Rand. It's all depressing. Everything yeah. sucks. Life, life is terrible. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, but thank you. Thankfully, the best documentary short subject has a story of healing. <laughs> Let me come back from that. Uh, best live action short film, Visas and Virtue. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was just looking at some of the other uh, nominees. and Not Warriors of Virtue. <laughs> no. No, definitely not Warriors of Virtue. It, it should be, though. Best animated short film goes to Jerry's Game, giving Pixar yeah. another <laughs> short film. Dude. Uh, Academy Award. I saw that in the theaters. Yeah, because it was yeah, on man. the front of uh right before Toy Story 2? No, I think it I think it was before Bugs Life. Oh, maybe it was oh, before yeah. Bugs Life. Bugs Life came out. Uh because it, it comes it gets the Academy Award in ninety seven, and I think that's the reason why they put it on front of the Bugs Life, because they're okay. like, Hey, we got an Academy Award. Let's throw it on the next movie. That was my favorite short, like Pixar short, for a long yeah. time. Oh yeah. yeah, and and I believe it was, I believe it's the one that starts the the trend of putting the shorts back on the right. front of Disney movies and Pixar films. So, so thank you, Jerry's Good. game. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Not be confused with Gerald's game. No, <laughs> 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 uh. that would be very weird for a lot of children. <laughs> Uh, Gerald came. Gerald's game is uh there's another novel, um Dolores Claiborne. Oh okay. and they 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 take place on like the same night. Okay. During like a meteor shower or something like that. It's it's really cool. weird. Yeah, Stephen King's a weird guy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh best original dramatic score goes to our podcast within a podcast, John Williams Oscar Watch. John Williams nominated for Amistad. And if you listen to my episode on Rewind 2552, you'll hear my opinion that John Williams should not have been nominated for Amistad. Should have been nominated for Rosewood, which is a much better score. Mm. Uh, but it doesn't matter either. anyway. He loses to James Horner for Titanic. Mm. Yep. 
Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, best original music or comedy score goes to Ann Dudley for the full Monty. It seems that they created this category just so they could have an excuse to give women Academy Awards. <laughs> uh, and then they take it away. Now, men in, men in Black should have had that. Absolutely. Men in Black should have Danny Elfman's score for that is amazing, though I do love the full Monty. I didn't, sure. mean, I didn't mean that comment to sound disparaging. No, that no, was, no. That was a comment on the Oscars not right. giving Academy yeah, Awards yeah. to women. We got uh, the listeners now. The listeners. Yeah, I, I just wanted you to only bitch about it every week. They they know what you're getting at. It most definitely <laughs> should not have gone to Anastasia though. That I I as fuck. I agree. I agree. Uh, Zimmer's as good as it gets. Score is really good too. Yep. Uh, I haven't seen my best friend's wedding in like 25 years, so. I couldn't tell you whether that score's any good. My yeah. best friend's girlfriend. <laughs> she used to be mine. Yeah, that Men in Black score was really good. Absolutely, yeah. dude, incredible. All right. In the fact, like Danny Elfman got fucked twice in a row because he did the he was nominated for the Goodwill Hunting as well. Right. Both oh, are yeah. incredible scores. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. And it's weird, like Goodwill Hunting's so weird because. Men in Black sounds like a Danny Elfman score. Good one. Yeah. It sounds like, <laughs> who's this guy? <laughs> All right. Uh, best original song goes to my heart. will go on from Titanic. Who fucking <laughs> earns. Seriously. I, I don't disagree. <laughs> I know. All right. Listen, I like Celine Dion. I think Ashes is a 50 times better fucking song than my heart will go on will ever be. But how do you fucking beat? How do I live? Um, um Dude, hell no. It, you you beat it like this. How do I live is a terrible fucking song. No, absolutely. I, Thank you. you. So Jesus. It is so amazingly awkward and common. None of these songs should have won. <laughs> we all know what should have won this year. Men in black. Men in black. Men in fucking yeah. black, and it's not even fucking nominated. No, it sure yeah. is not. That is <laughs> the best song. Here yeah. come the men in That video was just so <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Forget me not. <laughs> <laughs> More yes. than you remember. Right. Uh, best sound effects. Editing. Goes to Titanic. Should have gone to Fifth Element. Should Absolutely. Fifth Element. Jeez, man. Yep. Yep. There is one thing they definitely did right in that movie. Besides yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, best sound goes to Titanic. Gary Reinstrom. Uh, up in the category. Good what job. does that even mean? What's what? If you got best sound effects, then you got best sound. So sound effect editing, and then best sound. So the best sound was when the guy hit the propeller. Okay. That that thunk, that that's what won it for Titanic. Your favorite <laughs> I scene? Don't fucking no. Well, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite film death. Yes, easily. Easily. I don't know what they mean. I don't know the difference between the two. <laughs> Nobody uh, does. That's why they combined it. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll say what it says on here. Uh, best sound is an Academy Award that recognizes the finest or most euphonic sound mixing, recording, sound design, and sound editing. While sound effects editing... Uh, <laughs> they both got, they've both got sound editing in the fucking... Is granted yeah. yearly to a film exhibiting the finest or most aesthetic sound design or sound editing. <laughs> when, when you need a dictionary 
to look up the definition of a word from the definition of the thing you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. so, I feel like maybe they don't fucking know. Either. They don't know. When I, I'm, I'm just spitballing here, but I always felt like it was like, okay, the people who created the sound versus the people who applied the sound to the film. But I guess that's not what it says, but that's what I always assumed. Yeah. When, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It, it, uh, it sounds like a, uh, a union thing. Yeah. The sound yeah. unions were like, we want two different categories. Like, yeah, fine. <laughs> Best art direction goes to Titanic. I, th- I think it deserves this one. Yeah. Uh, Over Men in Black and Kundun? Honestly, <laughs> I'd give it to Gattaca. Gattaca. They're all good. I, also good. Yeah, LA Confidential has also got a really good art direction. Gattaca is one of those few noir movies that I actually really enjoy. Oh, you should you should check out LA Confidential. If you I know seen. it's. So I, I do. I need to watch that. I like I like future noir. So like yeah, Blade Runner, mm-hmm. <laughs> but big on neo noir as well. Um. All right. Best cinematography goes to Titanic. Don't know. I agree with this one. No. I mean, we don't need to give it to Janusz. He got one for Schindler's List. Schindler's List, and he's going to yeah. win one next year. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about who uh, I think should have won it tomorrow night. Hey. Oh, oh. Easy. oh my <laughs> god, we we right there with it. <laughs> uh, best makeup goes to Men in Black. Rick Finally, Baker picking something. it up again after uh, getting it for Nutty Professor. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> I need to see Mrs. Brown because it's got the sexiest woman of all time in it, Dame Judi Dench. Yeah. Oh yes, who's nominated for it too. Ooh. Uh, best costume design goes to Titanic. Ah, I feel yeah. like Fifth Element should have been nominated. We'll, it definitely should have been nominated. We'll call this one most costume design. Most <laughs> costume design. Because <laughs> there was a lot of them. There were a lot of costumes in this movie. There are that. Best film editing goes to Titanic. I don't disagree. Sure. I don't disagree personally. Sure. <laughs> Best visual effects goes to Titanic. Should have gone to Starship Troopers. Should there was have one thing, gone to I, okay. Men in Black. I listen. I understand where you're coming from, but I, I just watched Titanic and Starship Troopers almost back to back. Right? Mm. HD did no justice to Titanic. HD had no problems with Starship Troopers. It's because Paul Verhoeven is the best. Um, I love Starship Troopers. I saw Starship Troopers in a movie theater oh, <laughs> with my father. <laughs> nice. Jesus. Look at you again with your perfect family. Son, this is the woman form. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was another one, and, and it happened just like like a true lies. Paul, cover your eyes. They're, sure, why not? Yeah, I'm covering them. <laughs> Don't look at the boobies, but the blood and gore is okay. Why'd you bring me if I can't watch? Yep. All right. We have honorary awards tonight. Honorary reward goes to Stanley Donnan, the director of Singing in the Rain, who was never nominated for an Academy Award. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe it? No. An appreciation of a body of work marked by grace, elegance, wit, and visual innovation. Sure. A, Write that now, you fuckers. Yeah, some extra shit on Greatest Show of Earth uh, on Earth. Yep. 
two, Pete Clark, an appreciation for outstanding service and dedication in upholding the high standards of the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences. Yep, John, John A. Banner Medal of Commendation in parentheses. Okay. <laughs> and we have a Gordon E. Sawyer Award tonight. Sawyer. Gordon E. Sawyer Award goes to the great Don Iwerks. Son Get out of, your stethoscope. Son of Ub Iwerks, co-creator of a cartoon character you may have heard of, Mickey Mouse. Oh. 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 Michael <laughs> Mouse the Third. Yes. Uh, Don Iwerks, I have notes on you, sir. Mm-hmm. He, uh, the Walt Disney Legend, D23.com, Walt Disney Legend uh, Award category of film. He was inducted in 2009. Says that he started working for Disney in 1950 as a laboratory technician. He soon transferred to the fabled studio machine shop where he was eventually offered a camera technician position and went to work on his first film for the studio, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Mm. Uh, He eventually headed both the machine shop and camera service department, as well as the technical engineering and manufacturing division. Among his many accomplishments were helping to develop the 360-degree circle vision camera that was first used in Circa-Rama, USA, building the film equipment used at the 1964-65 to New York World's Fair, speaking of uh, Men in Black. Yeah! (laughs) Uh, Captain EO, a Disney Park attraction featuring 3D film and in-theater effects, and the projection system for the wildly popular Star Tours attraction... Okay. Don also aided his father in the development of the sodium traveling map process, including the creation of specialized cameras and optical printers that could combine painted backgrounds, traditional animation, and live action foregrounds to create the unforgettable cinematic experience that was the Academy Award winning Mary Poppins. Sweet. Never heard of it. That's fine. You don't need to. Okay. Love Mary Poppins. Yeah, it's a, it's a great film. For his part, Don often cited his work at the New York World's Fair and Epcot Center as defining moments in his career. Quote, in my career, Epcot was most outstanding. End quote. He once said, quote, the theaters included two nine-screen circle vision theaters plus the French Pavilion, which was like circle vision, except that it was a sit-down theater with five screens and a 200-degree wrap. The American Adventure was a huge rear projection theater with set pieces in front of it. The film and scenics served as the background that helped to tell the story of America. It remains one of the most powerful experiences at Epcot, end quote. Okay. Uh, and he would go on to start his own company called uh, the iWorks Entertainment in 1986, the maker of giant screen theaters, 3D projection-based theme park attractions, was acquired by Simex Inc. in 2001. Okay. And that is the great Don Iwerks hero to all. <laughs> Thank you, sir. No problem. Yeah. And that's our Oscar breakdown. Yeah. Let's talk about Titanic. Let's talk about Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Listen, it's it's a fucking James Cameron movie. It looks cool, but. Jesus 
Christ, this is so unnecessary in 90% of this fucking movie. This is Pearl Harbor is the action antithesis of this movie. Like, or not, but like the action opposite. It's like boring for half a fucking movie for shit that has no point other than to fill time because even though the boat sank for four hours and I would have watched the Titanic sink for four hours, I would have literally watched that and enjoyed myself. The boat sank for two hours and 40 minutes. I thought it was four hours. Two then, hours you know and what? 40 minutes. I would have watched two hours and 40 minutes of the Titanic sinking. Uh, if you take out all of the, uh, all of the modern day stuff mm-hmm. from the movie, all of the stuff that takes place on the Titanic from beginning to end, two hours and no. 40 minutes. Are you serious? Yeah, hundred percent serious. <laughs> the, the gene, the genius of James Cameron, right there. <laughs> Why did it feel so much longer than what it was? Because you get all that dumb shit at the beginning, you get all that the, dumb shit at the end. Dumb shit in the beginning and the end was completely fucking. There's pointless. no, there's no dumb shit in this movie. It's so, so stupid. I, like, just oh you could have just set the setting at the beginning where I get to bring up the thing that I mentioned to us in chat. So Paul yesterday or the day before had posted about Titanic's F word because it oh, is a yeah. PG 13 F word. It is a lackluster F word. It's it really bad. Yeah. Um, okay. The F word in the Batman is even worse. Just so everybody knows. Oh, nice. Um, technically there is a second F word. Okay. When Fabrizio says, Fanculo testa de cazzo. Meaning, ah. but go fuck your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and that is That's, an explicitly uh, sexual use. Huh. On on this rewatch, my biggest complaint was there was not enough Fabrizio. There is not. He yes, and Tommy. True. Fabrizio just, and Tommy. Fabrizio just disappears. Like, they get on the ship and they do the, the I'm the king of the world scene. And then yeah, yeah. Fabrizio <laughs> disappears from this movie. Well, well, he's, well he's no, down, no, no, no. He has, he has the... Um, <clears throat> the pipe, big pipe fall yeah, on him. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Until he comes back, but he's yeah, gone. To die. And, then, and then he and then he <laughs> he's pops down up. at the party too. He's down yeah. at the party. You, yeah, you see him a little bit, but he's not like a presence in this movie. Yeah. Well, because he's down with the poor were... people, though. <laughs> well, then we need more poor some... people. We need more poor people. Yeah, with him, I don't know. Anyway, so but, thank you, John. Yes. Yeah. So Zach had actually messaged me and wondering if I meant. The uh, when she flips off, uh, oh yeah, the the uh-huh. the guy Lurton. Billy Zane, yeah, yeah. no, no, the, no, no. The was it Billy Zane? Guy. The other guy, the, um, his man bodyguard or whatever. Guy. I can yeah, never yeah, remember yeah. that actor's name. Flips yeah. him off when they're going down. When they're the, going down the elevator, and I was elevator. like, yeah. no, but I am assuming that the reason they got away with it would be for the exact same reasons they got away with the middle finger because it's a different language, so it's not actually. Dude, they get away with so much more in this movie. So yeah. it is a hard PG thirteen. It's yeah. it's it's not a, yep. it's not a PG thirteen movie. This is an R rated yeah. movie. Yeah. If I took my kid to see this movie, uh. And I'm not talking about from a personal standpoint because I don't yeah. put too much into things like that. But let's just say your typical parent. If I, because your boy ain't no fucking typical parent, right? <laughs> if I took my kid to see this PG-13 movie, I would be like, "What the fuck? This is not PG-13." There was some outrage. There should be. Yeah. 
This is not a PG-13 movie. This is a fucking R-rated movie. Explain yourself. Well, I mean, you got drawn tits. You got real tits. You got fucks in two different languages. You got metal fingers. <laughs> technically three. Yep. You, <laughs> dude, what's it called? You, yeah, technically three. You know what I mean? Fairly graphic and violent deaths, I guess. Dude, there's a, a, that whole ending. And they, but they lip- cut the second best one. <laughs> what's the second best one Cora Cora I don't I don't see <laughs> Drowner I don't think that scene is even I'm I think it got cut not because it was too much but because it was it wasn't enough like the scene of the dad carrying his kid and the fucking water just sweeps them away is way more gut-wrenching to me yeah I I think Cameron Cameron specifically pulls it because you spend more time with Cora than you do that kid. So he thought it was just a little too much with everything else. But But you don't really know if she's going to drown. There's a little glimmer of hope that she does. The other people get washed away. They're done. (laughs) They're fucked. And you see it. Yeah. I, I kind of wish, and I probably would have enjoyed the movie, if he would have gone hard. If they'd have gone R. Uh, the problem yep. is, does it make the money it makes by doing that? I don't. No. I don't think so. No. Because I think you, they. No, I'm not saying it should have been done. I'm saying I would have preferred it. You, I maybe yeah. would have enjoyed the movie more. Uh, yeah, I think you lose the Tiger Beat market, and then that's yeah. a lot. As we discussed, that was a lot of their money. Right. right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But there is a ruling. That, and I'm sure James Cameron played this to his most political best that he could because he's James Cameron, that uh, breasts can be seen in a PG-13 movie as long as they don't have sexual connotation, which is why you see her in the drawing sense, but you do not see her naked during the the sex scene in the car. Right. Yeah, very political maneuvering there because it's it's in a very erotic scene, if, if not sexual. Yeah, uh, there there are content. Th- there's very sexual connotation to it. Very mm-hmm. sexual kind. Con- that's a word. Um, yeah, it is rife with sexual connotation, but but it is not presented sexually. Yeah, artistic. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering I'm wondering how you feel, Paul, after so many years. Of- I'll say this. The thing I like the least about this film is Jack and Rose. Okay. I just don't find them interesting. I don't find their story compelling. And yeah, there's just nothing there for me. And it's one of those things I, I just didn't, I didn't like it as a 13 year old because I was too busy being harassed and being cool. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Which I've never (laughs) been, which, so that, that was hilarious on my part. Um, so years and years of like actually having kind of an obsession with the Titanic and learning a lot about the Titanic and reading, reading accounts and the trial transcripts and then directing a play based off of those trial transcripts and Um, going to museums and whatnot. There are so many interesting stories on the Titanic. In fact, uh, back over here, uh, I'll go ahead and. Oh, now criterion without a night to remember yeah which aside from the 
ship not breaking in half, which was widely believed that the ship didn't break in half until Bob Ballard went down and found the Titanic in the late eighties. Um, because that was the company line. Yeah. Um, is a night to remember is one of the most, uh, faithful stories about the Titanic. Yeah. It's a, that's a great film. It's a great film. And uh, a lot of it is, uh, Cameron mimicked a lot of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Which you should, because that movie rules. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, anyway, so with good. with with like a history of the Titanic and and actually delving into that stuff, uh, so many good and interesting stories on the Titanic. Why did we have to make one up? That's that's true. And that's always kind of taken me out of out of the main love story. Everything else that's not Jack and Rose, and and I even I like the two of them in the movie, and I think they're charming. I just don't think the story is very interesting. Yeah. So aside from just not having an interest in that story, I think everything else in this movie is amazing. <laughs> I, I go. On. I, I have a problem of, I think I've never been interested in Titanic. I've never been a person to care about the, the hubris of man building big things and killing people because we're idiots. Like, it's just like, never been like i know a lot of people dig on the stories of titanic i just for me it was hey, a boat sank yeah people died and that shit sucks but eh, why are we romanticizing this and then when it comes to the point of uh jack and rose i personally don't think that the two actors had chemistry for me mm. i think kate and billy had more chemistry huh. they were fighting against each other yeah yeah first off because <laughs> billy zane just fuck do i love that man i mean you talked about the phantom last week so yeah yeah i had to bring up the best told my wife that it's like i mean he was in the best 90s comic book movie i mean <laughs> come on um outside of the fact that the amount of eye makeup that man had this entire movie was so <laughs> distracting <laughs> Um, God, he played such a good villain, and oh I mean, God, he was so good. And like his scenes with Rose, just I, like I said, I feel like those two had more like chemistry in the sense of like acting with right. each other than I felt like Leo K had. I, I just, uh, I don't know. Okay. I, I honestly would have preferred more. Uh, um, why does my brain just die at my favorite actress of all time? Kathy, Kathy Bates. Bates. Kathy Bates. Playing More the unsinkable Molly Brown. <laughs> just, <laughs> I, I, want, I want the movie about her. No, she's great just, in it. Everybody's yeah. great in this movie. There is, well, there is oh. a movie about Molly Brown. Yeah. It doesn't it's have Kathy Molly Bates Brown. in it. It's oh. called well, The Unsinkable Molly Brown. Yeah. And it's a musical starring Debbie Reynolds from the... There we go. Nice. From Singing in the Rain. Uh, yes, it's awesome. It's a really good musical. You should watch it. <laughs> I very much should. Um, but yeah, I, I just like I said, it's for me the topic just never meshed with me. The the stars' chemistry never felt natural to me. I mean, it just, and especially again, I, I bring up the fact that, you know, this was like a teen beat movie because Leo was the heartthrob. And 
I just didn't care about him at all. I fucking hated him because he was the heartthrob and it wasn't me. Obviously it was a jealousy issue because you know, yeah, but I had seen um, Romeo plus Juliet in the theaters before this. And I was pretty down with DiCaprio. I did. I didn't see Romeo plus Juliet till after I saw this Fair. So I did see what's eating Gilbert. Great, but I never put the two together. Oh, he's so, I was never like, Hey, that's, Leo. Shit. What does he film first, though? What's he That's my question before Titanic? No, between Romeo between plus, Romeo Juliet, or plus Juliet and Titanic. Which one they does both... he film first? I, I I mean, I have to assume he he does them in order, but I could be wrong. Well, we know he, Tom. That wasn't the case like for Tom Cruise. Much though. younger. You know, yeah. in the in the 80s. So that's why yeah. I bring that up because it's going to kind of go along with my thoughts. Yeah, I get you. Give me, I'll, I'll I'll look into that while we're talking. Well, what were your thoughts? Well, I wanted okay. I won't. I was gonna let Zach, you know, kind of. Oh, uh, Zach, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, I was much like Paul, a kind of a Titanic nerd. I I checked out Robert Ballard books from my school library, and I I, I had a fascination with shipwrecks more than specifically the oh, Titanic. Just like JC himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like the archaeology and discovery and the other underwater element just made it. I used to like want to be a marine biologist when I was in elementary school. Like if hell yeah, teacher, right. teacher asked, "What do you want to be?" and that's what I want to be. I mean, I never really pursued it much, but I always had the interest. And I had a 1996 point and click PC game called Titanic: Adventure Out of Time, which um, <laughs> I think I still own a copy of it. It's on Steam for five ninety nine. If anybody's interested. Uh, but it's a story about like a, a British spy who goes back in time to the Titanic to try to solve this mystery. And I just, I totally bought into the movie and I, I get totally what you're saying, Paul, about there's more interesting stories from real life. Why not adapt it? But I think there could be, you know, you got documentaries, you got the books, you got all the transcripts, all this other stuff that exists that hopefully this, this is a movie that, created interest and made people want to go look into the real stories, but it probably deserved to have more time on the big screen like this. But I don't think Leo and Kate are, you know, looking back they're they're incredible um, actors and they've put in some phenomenal performances post this movie. So looking back on it, it's like, yeah, they weren't at their best and the chemistry is okay for me. Um, But 12 year old Zach uh, Kate Winslet really did something. You know, the, this, this is another one of the planting the seeds. I'm a very basic ass, but <laughs> redhead. And <laughs> uh, yeah, she really kind of influenced my, my type a bit. And I just think the, the sheer audacity of this film, the, how big it is, the bombastic creation of the, the ship, the giant, water tanks that they filmed in i just mm-hmm. i uh before we w- watched it this week i had a regular dvd copy that i've been meaning to upgrade so i just i went out and i traded in i got a blu-ray and and i don't know i didn't notice too much of the cgi issues i mean i know there's a couple but oh god when the initial boat when they pan the boat at the beginning it is untextured huh. yeah i uh, i'll say that for a 1997 film i think the 
the effects really hold up well. Yeah, I think I think Jonathan's Perfect. being way overly critical. And, and, I, and, and that's really very much possible. But and I don't blame it, him. I did the same thing on Force Gump. Like, but like, but like <laughs> I said, I did. I watched Starship Troopers immediately after, and it you don't see that in Starship sure. Troopers. Yeah, I, I I do agree with that. I've watched Starship Troopers in the last couple of years, and it still looks phenomenal. Yeah. But no, I I uh, love this movie. Also, got a shout out um, Titanic Challenge of Discovery. Robert Ballard made a video game after this came out, where you you're like on a ship and you go down. You're using sonar and trying to find um, like a, a ship ISIS, and not to be confused with the <laughs> <laughs> terrorist group. But then um, you try to find the Titanic if you beat the game and it's just it was a time and an interest and it all struck and worked for me i probably watched this movie i haven't watched it a whole lot of times maybe seven or eight times in my life uh, a handful of times with caitlin and we just we vibe with it and it works for me so trav all right trav to answer your question i've been looking this up while okay. zach was talking um Titanic didn't start shooting until July of 1996 and uh, Romeo plus Juliet comes out in October of 96. So he shot Romeo plus Juliet first. Okay. Probably in 95, but I I couldn't find a a shooting schedule for that, but there's right. Right. You know, but it just meant, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for that tidbit, but you're welcome. I'll say this. I don't necessarily think Paul and Jonathan is wrong in anything they're saying. Cause Mm -hmm. What y'all are saying is just opinions on what worked for you and what doesn't work for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, that's that's all this really is anyway. So what, sure. We got to keep in mind that this is a fictional movie, just like Braveheart. Mm-hmm. It's a fictional movie that does have real people in it. I like the fact, and Zach brought this up, where let's create a story that can interest a whole lot of people and get them to be interested more in yeah. other topics. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where I'm not against historical fiction. Yeah. Uh, especially in, you know, next year we're going to talk about Saving Private Ryan. That's right, all right, made-up right. story. <sighs> but go on. Sorry. No, no. But that's... I never have a problem with anything like that where we... Uh, pretty much every war movie is a made-up fictional story revolving an actual event. But they're over-dramatized or some things are more Hollywood up, so it's more appealing and interesting. But um, as far as the chemistry goes, they have a ton of chemistry. It's just that I don't think Leo's that good in this movie. He's okay, but he's just really, really attractive in this movie and his acting isn't horrible which which is all he really needs to be and, and that's yeah. really all he needs to be but kate winslet is fucking putting in a a plus performance and of course when you see her and billy zane's characters together you're going to say god damn they're killing it because they're both giving a plus performances and leo's performance is just a b performance it just is what it is he played his role but he didn't do anything that made me go holy shit that's the greatest actor of our and that's where i think this is on cameron i literally think cameron was just like hey leo just look at the camera dude but I don't think Can't, it's a bad like, thing. I think that's the direction he was given. Cameron is not an actor's director. No. 
Oh yeah, for sure. His his entire filmography is just littered with B minus performances. Like yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can't say B minus performances because again, when you have guys that don't need direction, De Niro. Um, yeah, but which, that's the thing. Hey, but it's the, doesn't but it's need, the actors that are doing it. It's yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's to me that's fine because he's focusing on other things. The reason why this perf- this movie looks so realistic is because it is real. Everybody is really drowning. Everybody probably <laughs> almost feels like they could die on set any day. If anybody <laughs> has seen behind the scenes of them filming, flooding these these sets that they had built, people are, they're not really going to die because I'm sure there's tons of medics on standby, lifeguards, but yeah. these are, they're in real situations. Yeah, I think Kate Winslet says she's never working with James Cameron again after this movie. Like, but he does this every movie. This yeah, is just who yeah. James Cameron is. He really pushes the envelope on making a movie as real. I mean, Avatar two coming out. Rosario Dawson's got the longest underwater scene at like six minutes and thirty minutes. I mean, six minutes and thirty seconds, dude, where she acted underwater, holding her breath for over six minutes, dude. He really, really pushes you. To do these movies. And it doesn't matter if you agree with it or not agree with it, because they these actors know what they're getting into when it comes to James Cameron. So that is what it is. But yeah, some of the CGI isn't great. But you know what? Some of the CGI in Lord of the Rings Return of the King ain't that fucking great neither. And but you it shut doesn't your make mouth. the movie shitty. <laughs> it don't make the movie shitty. And what's it called? The little bit of CGI that Jonathan's talking about, it doesn't look so, it doesn't look Terminator too bad where it's like, God, that looks like dog shit now. There's nothing like this. And the boat itself that they're filming on is absolutely incredible. And this was yeah. built when to scale. When they're doing practical effects, it's, it's done really much. well. Yeah. It's, it's done really well. But really this movie well. has something for everybody. I don't think there's anything boring in this. The investment comes from the buildup of their romance, in my opinion, which yeah. makes the ending scene of her surviving and giving up Jack's life for hers more uh, gut-wrenching. And this movie, the last 20, 30 minutes of this movie fucking breaks me every time dude like i'm in i'm hooked i literally watched my wife cry for uh. three hours and be going <laughs> this is a 25 year old fucking movie guess what <laughs> the boat is still going to sink and i just nothing from me and for me and again i'm, I'm gonna go back to my point where i i don't find their their romance interesting yeah i just I just can't I can't get with it on a molecular level and that's kind of why I I bring it up into the uh the idea of why do we need to fictionalize characters and I think it's point A bleeding into point B instead of the other way around uh but in the last like 20 30 minutes of this movie the times I find myself the most emotional are with characters I know about and characters I'm watching uh be heroic or uh you know like the band yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. good i the moment the band like comes out onto the deck and starts playing anytime they're on screen my eyes are just 
just full of tears. Uh, when Captain Smith goes into the the deck and yeah, he gets washed away, that shit kills me. Like yeah. that knowing that that man fought again, tried to fight against Bruce Ismay to not do the things that Ismay was like, we need to do these do things. This. Yeah. Right. And he sacrifices his life to go well, down to the ship. He owns up to putting all these people in danger because he was yeah. so overconfident of everybody is on the those boats unsinkable and all this stuff. And honestly, I'm emotional over characters I didn't even meet. When they literally show, when they're going through with the paddle boat and he's calling out for people and it's just fucking frozen dead bodies for fucking ever. Dude, that really hits me. I'm, when you see how many people froze, not only did they go through two hours of traumatic trauma, then they froze to death yeah. <laughs> floating in the water. I can't. It's the same thing when we go through these movies, like um, any sort of tragic event movies, dude, where people just went through experiences that you can't even imagine being in. Mm-hmm. It fucking rips me every time. Yeah. Yeah. I um I I counted propeller guys rotations while my wife cried. <laughs> I, you mean propeller girl, right? I thought it was the girl that fell in. No, no. no it was the guy hit the, the guy. The girl uh, fell in. It's four point five full rotations. Okay. Four point five. That's impressive. The girl it just was. fell. She fell yeah. like hit hit like a thought, yeah section. Those too. When they fall and hit stuff, you feel it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's very tactile. Like that. Yeah. I watched my stuff. daughter cringe. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh God, that hurts. Yeah, so, like like watching Biggie get his neck broke. Like, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Big E, by the way, I had not, to uh, not Biggie like, Smalls, not Biggie Smalls. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they would have left his last name on Big E Langston is what he used to go by <laughs> in, <laughs> in in NXT. Also, going back to the PG thirteen thing. We also watched a guy blow his brains out. Not, Yo, at that not moment, a I was like, like, hey, you know that he blew his brains out. No, Th- this guy put the gun yeah. up to his head and fucking blew his brains and out. They cut and away. then they showed his dead body falling into they, the water. They cut away. You don't, see, you don't see the bullet enter his skull. You watch the reaction of the people around him, and then they cut to an overhead shot where you watch a, a stuntman who... Good on this fucking dude. Fall like <laughs> 10 feet into the water. <laughs> just crumpled over and doesn't even like flinch as he does it. Good yeah. on that stunt, man. <laughs> dude, insane. Uh, yeah. No, that whole ship cracking, people trying to get to the top. When it starts to come down and he's like, all right, Rose, hold on. You know, that that whole thing is and i know there's the meme about the door there was room on the door but i really feel like that's people that don't see the movie the weight distribution was flipping the door over it had nothing to do with room on the door honestly you know what yeah they they do specifically show that in the film specifically lets you know hey we can't both be on here because of weight distribution well jonathan i just don't think it fucking mattered like honestly it so the boat going, the scene or the 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 part where the boat starts actually going down, the when the when the bottom half gets finally right. pulled uh-huh. under by the front half, I literally thought this is going to be in a, a ride at Adventureland, or <laughs> this is going to be a Schumacher fucking thing they're gonna do on 
in Adventureland like they do with fucking Batman. Like right. it just it felt like that to me. It just felt like it was supposed to be like this weird roller coaster ride. <laughs> and then the the fucking the door debate has just always pissed me off because I'm just like doesn't fucking matter he's going to die we know he's gonna fucking die you guys are just like there's room on the boat who the fuck cares clearly not you (laughs) i'm sorry i just (laughs) listen i'm not saying this is a bad movie by no stretch it's it is a good looking film just when you get so many people dying together in a, in, a, in a tragedy that actually fucking happened, it's romanticized and it's why people saw the movie and it made as much money as it did because 12 to 15 year old girls wanted to see Leo. And I, I I'll admit, like, I think I have just this bias against this movie because mm-hmm. I don't think it's as big as it, like it is as big as it should be because uh, clearly it, 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 it did everything it was supposed to do. James Cameron is better at the game than Michael Bay and Michael Bay knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. Those, okay. those two, those two names make me think of the biggest sin that this movie is responsible for. And what's that? Pearl Harbor. Yeah. 100% from, from, from the writer of Braveheart, Pearl Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I just it's it's a movie that hit checks off a list Absolutely. of everything that it should have to make the money that it made because James Cameron is not fucking cheap when he makes a movie. Yeah, so they're like, he is all right. You need to make money with this movie, so you need to do everything you can to make money out of this movie. He is we'll the John Hammond movie. of directors. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He spared he, no expense. <laughs> I I always refer to James Cameron as the the great value version of Spielberg, where <laughs> they both know what it takes to make money. Not only do they both know how to make great films, they know how to make money. Unfortunately, Spielberg is just better at it than James Cameron. That's why I think. Like Michael Bay, James Cameron, and Spielberg are three names that go together because they all know how to play the game. They know how, just in that order, they know how to play the game better. They know how to get the money. They know how to make the money. And Spielberg is just better at knowing how to make a fucking movie. Absolutely. That's why he's the goat. So Michael Bay just knows how to make the money. And that's all he cares about. Because one day we're going to get, one day we're going to get the Michael Bay knows how to make a movie. He, we're just not there. He's well, like, let me make I'm, the money, and then I'll. I'm, when I, I'm so thrilled for ambulance. I cannot wait for that movie. <laughs> Dude, to come this out. movie is going to be awesome, but I horrible hope, at the same is, damn time. I hope it is just like Six Underground, and just Michael Bay just be like, I'm Michael being Bay. Michael Bay. What, yeah. what do you want from me? But that's the thing, James Cameron. I think that's where I have the biggest issue between James Cameron and Michael Bay is James Cameron thinks he's making a good movie, and he's making a movie. He's making a very watchable movie. He is making popcorn films. He is making something for you to sit down and you're going to pay attention to. He just thinks he's making the greatest movie of all time every time. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And unfortunately, you know, the money uh, probably validates him a lot. You know, exactly. Winning winning best director for this, too. And it was like a shake in the face of uh, anyone who doubted him while he was making the movie. Well, he's not wrong, though. Well, 
Like any yeah, sort of I'm, validation he feels is one hundred percent. And then again, that's when we get into this being a subjective issue is right, the yeah. fact that I mean the general populace agrees with him. They say, right. you know what? You made a goddamn great movie. That's why you made all of the money. I'm gonna have to see what the plot of Avatar Two is, but just <laughs> doesn't matter. I, well, we to, know it's not going to be good. To write to focus so many so much of his time and dedication to writing these six stories. I'm okay. I'm I'm hoping there's something interesting there. I'm, I'm hoping the plot of Avatar Two is just the plot of the straight to video sequel to Pocahontas. Dude, I, seriously, <laughs> I actually <laughs> hope that he fixes it and he makes it to where she does. She goes like. Blue girl goes to Earth and gets syphilis. Blue girl goes to exactly. Earth and gets syphilis. Yeah, like that's what, what I want. Like blue girl goes to Earth, gets Jonas, and turns green. You know what I mean? Just like get real fucking wild with it. <laughs> she starts eating shrimp, shrimp, and turns pink like flamingos do. <laughs> uh, so, All right, anybody just, else? Anybody else got any notes on this? No, I got nothing. For me. Yeah, yeah. No, just uh, I mean, redhead and boobies. <laughs> those were nice boobies <gasps> America. they were nice they were nice. nice and you get to see them again uh, and again and again yeah. and yeah. other movies that are yeah. better um, alright all right. well Paul is this movie in the library it is mm-hmm. okay and it's 1997 so that means it's first year of eligibility is 2007 okay. what year do you think it went in Fucking 2007, probably. 2007, same. I mean, I can't imagine that. I feel like for cultural relevancy, it should be 2007, but I'm going to go 2010 just because maybe they hadn't. And then when Avatar was out, and they're like, eh, maybe we need to put Titanic in. So that's what I'm going to say 2010. Well, Jonathan and Trav, you were wrong. And Zach wins the price is right. Oh, wow. Nice. It goes in in 2017. That okay. is. That's weird. So I, find, I find that very weird. 20 huh. years. Yeah, I uh, I saw that number and I was like, that can't be right. And it sure enough ends. Fair yeah. enough. And I could understand if, if, again, you know, like Paul and Jonathan say, the story itself isn't good enough to be in. And I, I could totally agree with that. Oh, no, but I, think I don't feel the, like the Congress looks at that, so it's irrelevant. No, you know I, I, I think mean? the relevancy comes from the fact that it is a American staple, honestly, at this point. I mean, and, and, and in again, 2007, it's still the highest grossing film of all time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Without inflation. Avatar beat his own record, right? Before yeah, Avatar, Avatar was beat. Avatar okay. beats his record, then so, Endgame beats that, and then Avatar came out during the pandemic uh, months. Right, so much right, to, right. Should the and, fucking and then count we took it. it. <laughs> um, that pisses me off. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm actually shocked. Highest grossing film of all time in 2007. It wins yeah. Best Picture. It's it's lauded by a lot of people as one of their favorite films ever. And mm-hmm. I, I'm actually shocked it didn't go into 2007. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Feelings aside, uh, other films that go in from 1997, Spike Lee's Four Little Girls, uh, which makes Spike Lee's, I believe, fourth film in the Library of Congress. Congress. Nice. Uh, also goes in in 2017. Shocking. Huh. Uh, Eve's Bayou, which rules. <laughs> Have you heard of that? Oh, it's huh. amazing. Check out Eve's Bayou. Uh, LA Confidential. Oh, well, when did Eve's Bayou go in? Uh, 2018. Okay. Okay. All right. 
None of uh, these movies better go in before Titanic. So what's it called? Maybe. Uh, well, LA Confidential did. That's wild to me. In 2015. I'll that get is back wild. To that. Uh, Selena. <laughs> and uh, Study of a River. Went in in 2010. <sighs> to put that one in for Titanic too. I want to. I want to say something because I'm with Jonathan that Braveheart is one of the greatest movies of all time. The fact that Braveheart is not in and Selena is in really confuses me. Um, Selena is just fucking amazing. Yeah, I know Selena is amazing. Really but should be in. There. What I'm saying is that none of them have anything to do with American topics, right? So the fact that Selena got in, mm, and I would Braveheart actually say Selena is more American than Braveheart. Only because her music came over to the States. And unfortunately, well, no, the, the whole point she, of the movie was her as a Mexican American. But yeah, I mean, she is unfortunately, a, she is a for musicians, if you don't make it to the States, you're not going to see success at a super, super, super worldwide high level. Mexican because American. the States is just where it's at Love to be education. a artist. So they go to night school and take Spanish class and get a and B. Get a B. <laughs> 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 they love their chattas and their cellas and their chevas and their son-in-law named Jeff. <laughs> um, I had my fingers crossed, by the way, that you yeah. were going to say the pest made it to the library. <laughs> <laughs> I like to party on the street. I fucking love the pest. I love John Leguizamo so fucking much. I do too. Yeah. I do not like the pest. <laughs> no, it's not a good movie at all. It's <laughs> so bad. It is probably the one John Leguizamo thing where I'm just like, I, I love 99% of what you do, but I cannot stand behind this. <laughs> what was that Tommy Lee Jones quote? I, I can't sanction your buffoonery. <laughs> uh, also, I did not know this, that Con Air and Copland came out the same year. Yeah, and they're titular opposites of each other. Yep. That's amazing. All right. You got some Razzies for us? Sir, I got some Razzies for us. Woo! I have a feeling I'm not going to like this year. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, so, worst picture goes to The Postman. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen it. So. Uh, I'm, I'm very ambivalent on that film. Yeah. Uh, beating out Anaconda, Batman and Robin, Fire Down Below, and Speed 2 Cruise Control. <laughs> I'll beat it. Uh, worst actor goes to Kevin Costner in The Postman okay. as The Postman. Yeah. Worst actress goes to Demi Moore for G.I. Jane. Bro, that is fucking criminal. Yeah, I'm not I'm not happy with that one. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that movie aged well because I just watched it, you know, a couple months ago. But I didn't watch it and go, God, she fucking sucks in this movie. I don't think it's a very good. It was a very good movie then. But uh, yeah, she's she's not the problem. with it. Yeah. And then the fact that. She beats out Sandra Bullock in Speed 2, Fran Drescher in The Beautician and the Beast, uh, Lauren Hawley in A Smile Like Yours in Turbulence, and Alicia Silverstone in Excess Baggage. That whole so, category sucks. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. give I don't know. I give it to any of None of those should have been nominated, but okay. I mean, Lauren <laughs> Hawley, maybe. I don't know. I've never seen yeah. Turbulence. All right. Uh, worst supporting actor goes to Dennis Robin in Double Team. I love Double Team. Our Choi rules. Jonathan, uh, yeah. Jonathan remember yeah. when we watched that Hark Choi movie? 
the one, one with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Rob oh, Schneider. Jesus oh, fucking Christ. Is that for drinking age movies? Yes. Me and Mandy watched watched Double Team for Drinking Age Movies, the YouTube channel. I don't know if we released that episode, though. (laughs) So I watched so fucking bad. I believe that was all of his American output. Yeah. All right. uh, Worst Supporting Actress goes to Alicia Silverstone in Batman and Robin. Boo. Yeah. Boo. Uh, Yeah. Movie's a masterpiece. It is not that, though. It is not that, but... Um, throw your own word back at you it's a trash piece on like the paul train with him like yeah yeah and then he'll say something and we're like i get the fuck off <laughs> no that one's not a trash piece that one is exactly the movie it needs to be uh, oh yeah no it is 100 percent. yeah the movie's a language. parody of itself and it's amazing yeah. <laughs> just make it good uh let's see here worst screen couple I'm goes to ugh, dennis rodman and john claude van damme and double team that's stupid. It should have been worst screen couple should have been John Claude Van Damme, Dennis Rodman, and or the Coke Machine from the end of Double Team. Because if you've never seen Double Team, you got to go on YouTube and look up Double Team Coke Machine. It's okay. it's incredible. Well, we should do a screen share when we're done, and you guys could watch one of the greatest you know, moments in film history. <laughs> nice. You would like, think uh, it would go to George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell. Chris, Chris O'Donnell. O'Donnell is so fucking horrible. Yeah, Chris O'Donnell is kind of the fucking worst. Yeah, he's he pretty terrible. So he's bad. terrible in that film. Everything um, else about that film. He's is terrible pretty- in everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't think there's a good like I love the three musketeers. Yeah. I hate Chris O'Donnell. I also just don't like the D'Artagnan character to begin with. So Oh, I love D'Artagnan. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that jackass. That's like we're gonna have some pizza, got our pepperoni and a mozzarella. <laughs> Fuck you, Gabagool. Worst remake or sequel goes to Speed Two: Cruise Control. Um, Boo! I hate the fact that Lost World was on here. What the hell? Boo on that too. Like yeah. Mikhail's Navy. Okay, yeah. Mm. Then Home Alone 3. I'm upset we didn't get to talk about Lost World a lot more during this episode because yeah. this is Spielberg's year of return after his yeah. first year back after uh, well, it kind depressing of the shit out of <laughs> When you're the number two movie of the year at $680 million and you get beat three times that. Yeah. Uh, worst screenplay goes to The Postman. Uh, yeah. Worst new yeah. star goes to Dennis Robin for the double team. That's That's fair. Uh, he's not even an the, actor, uh, though. It's just, that's again. Acting. They like to pick on people, and I fucking they do. hate it. I yeah. hate they it. do, and he's but he is terrible. I hate. I also hate the fact that they nominated Chris Tucker for Fifth Element because I feel like dude, that Chris shit, Tucker yeah, that's is fucking dumb. amazing in Fifth Fifth Element. They also they're calling him for, in, for new that, best new. Yeah, for worst new star for that is the Fifth guy who was in Friday two years before this as <laughs> yeah. the second car- the second lead. Yeah, who is the Razzies? What the fuck is that even? (laughs) Um, Worst original song goes to the entire song score for the Postman. Beating out the end is the beginning is the end. So fuck the Razzies. I'm not a big fan of Smashing Pumpkins, but that song fucking rules. Yes, and it's from a masterpiece. And beating out How Do I Live? And (laughs) wait, hold on. How do I live? Got nominated. So it was nominated for the Oscar and the Razzie. <laughs> there was a lot that was nominated for Oscars and Razzies this year. Oh, uh, wow. 
oh, who was it? Was it actor? Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I got the saint and the apostle mixed up. <laughs> oh, Bell. <laughs> yeah, there was somebody, and I can't remember who it was, uh, got nominated. But, yep. Uh, and the worst reckless disregard for human life and public property goes to Con Air, beating Batman and Robin, The Lost World, Turbulence, and Volcano. I liked Volcano. You know, yeah. we, me and Manny watched that. That's, that's a fine film. It's 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 a good it's a good film gonna, for what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones yelling at people. Ah, I'm always down for that. And, and John Carroll Lynch is in it. I love John Carroll Lynch. Yeah. There's enough in that movie to enjoy. I'm not a huge fan of Anne Hesh, but I just like to say Anne Hesh. I I I like Anne Hesh. I I can't think of a performance of hers. Oh, there's one dislike. thing I do like her in. What was that show? It was that comedy show with the commercials, and I can't remember the name of it. Fuck. It was really funny. And I can't remember the name of it. I'll have to figure yep. it out one day. But yep. anyway, so that's the Razzies. <laughs> and yeah. Okay. Ew. Fuck the postman, I guess. I guess yeah, I, I tried watching it actually. Uh hopefully my uh father in law is not listening. He let us borrow the DVD because Caitlin's like, you know, I haven't seen this in so long. We started watching it and we stopped it because it's just <laughs> not good. It's not yeah. good. Oh, <sighs> Yep. All, All right. right. Well, let's go ahead and get into our worsty judgments. And Trav, as our guest. Of course. Does this movie deserve Best Picture? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Even I'm not. I'm not saying it's the best film that came out this year, but does it deserve Best Picture? Of course. Again. The number two in the box office was this sold three times more than it, and it's not a bad movie. It's a great movie. So, dude, of course it deserves Best Picture. Now, did it deserve fourteen nominations and to win eleven? No, no. It probably only deserved about three of the awards, but Best Picture is fucking one of them. Fair enough. Zach, yeah. Does this movie deserve Best Picture? I'll do the thing where I rank. Um, Ooh, the thing. The thing. Ooh, the thing. I didn't get to watch the full Monty yet, but I've seen the others. Uh, number four or number three, I've got As Good As It Gets, which is a good movie. Very good movie. But the other uh, two are exceptional movies. Goodwill Hunting is incredible. And I've got that at my number two. And LA Confidential is a excellent nearly flawless movie. You got to shout out um, Boogie Nights, of course, we mentioned a few times. Yeah. My personal favorites. Jackie Brown was great. You got The Game came out. Oh, I love The Game. Uh, Gattaca that um, Jonathan mentioned. I don't know if these movies would have been recognized this year or next year, but you had Princess Mononoke and uh, Perfect Blue came out. Mm. Both oh, incredible. Great. Here's The Game oh, for you. It's amazing. Yay! Take a drink. Uh, all that said, as much as I love Goodwill Hunting and LA Confidential and Boogie Nights, I still think Titanic deserved best picture. Probably agree with Trav that I would have said maybe seven or eight awards, maybe. I, I'm fine with it winning the technical ones. I this is you know somebody I might get uh smacked for saying I like the fifth element, but I don't love it. I I like it. That's fair. 
don't yeah, know. Yeah, no. It's it's, um, it's a niche movie. And, yeah. and, um, and Luke Besson's yeah. apparently right. a real creep. So fuck yeah, him. no, yeah. He's, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of a, a yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I I think it's one of those movies where we could I guess we could say like Star Wars. Maybe it doesn't need best picture, but the Academy is kind of in a in a trend too where it's awarding more populist films and whether that's good or bad it's what was appropriate they felt for the year and it really was just such a juggernaut it was still dominating the box office when the awards were happening right it goes on like a 14 week run yeah Um, at number one do you know what movie uh knocks it off its 14 week run i knew at one time but i (sighs) what is it it's lost in space. Oh, yeah, that's right. Didn't, <laughs> didn't it like drop down and then Titanic went back up or something? I, I think so. I, it sounds. I remember when I saw Lost in Space and I was like, bro, this movie is ass. I loved that fucking movie as a kid. And I think it was just because of Penny. <laughs> right. <laughs> I I was a big Lacey Chabay fan because she was <laughs> on Party of Five. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, I'm I'm fully on the Titanic winning Best Picture. I I love the movie. I'm it's got a special place in my heart, and I I buy well, into all. Go on it. though. <laughs> my heart does go on. It. it does. It does. Jonathan, I I don't like this movie personally. Just don't. I, every time I'm forced to watch it, because it honestly feels like every time I've watched it, it's because I was forced to watch it. <laughs> I have never purposefully yeah. grabbed this film and put it on. That being yeah. said, I, again, when you know how to play the game, you got to respect the player. I mean, you have to. I thought you were talking about the movie. I'm sorry. No, I, I mean, that's the, 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 the game. Yeah. Yeah. 1992 play. So you're saying it's all about the game. It's all about the game. Um, I, personally believe goodwill hunting is a much better film definitely a much th- better written film and much better written i think it's much better acted i Absolutely. think the emotions that come out of it aren't forced upon you i think everything about goodwill hunting is what's naturally given to you instead of what's forced down your throat that was what T- titanic does right. i think goodwill hunting should have won i am not going to fault the academy for recognizing a billion dollar movie right yeah yeah almost two billion dollars well i think that's why it gets best screenplay though because it's the best written movie of the year it it is but i also think it's the best acted film of the year yeah Yeah, and screen screenplay is kind of like the cool movie award Yeah, Yeah. yeah yeah it's the it's the you know, as Zach says, the pretentious artsy. Yeah. So, and the thing that's is, that's the real best picture right there. It's, it's why Fargo movie. wins it. It's why Pulp Fiction yeah. wins right, it. It's right. the cool yeah. movie of the year. Yeah. And, and 1997 is kind of a year of meh, where there's like a lot of good, I think, cult classics that came out of that year. Dang. And movies that were enjoyable then and that we look back now, like Good Burger came out in 97. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> chill out. Chill out right there. No, just I'm not. No, I'm just saying, like, that's a movie that we can say we enjoyed this shit out of. But is it, you know? Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. It's a five-star movie. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's just a remake the of UHF. It's the most quotable movie of all time. Yeah. It's a remake uh, of UHF. 
So let me see. George of the Jungle came out that year. I fucking loved that movie. Jabba, Jabba, I still Jabba, do. Jabba, 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 Jabba. <laughs> I didn't like it as a kid, but I like it as a grown up, which is kind of weird. That is weird. It it's not weird out. because you know. get an. I think as you're older, maybe now you have an appreciation yeah, for Brendan Fraser. That, I mean, that's that, fair. And the style of the comedy is like it's right. more obvious to me what they were doing. Yeah, but you know, with that said, it, the the year kind of Titanic just really came out the year it was supposed to. With yeah. everything else that came out that year, it's like everybody either knew Cameron was making a movie that year. was like, all right, we're just going to go ahead and backpedal a little bit. Let's all of the uh, studios are like, oh, what do we got? Uh, Fox, what do you have? I don't know. Let's redo Star Wars. Um, but I, I just, yeah, you have to. It does deserve it. I'm just not happy about it. So, Paul. Yeah. Does this movie deserve Best Picture? All right. I'm going to do the thing, too. Do the Yay, thing. The thing. The thing. Uh, all right. So the other four start with uh, my bottom. As good as it gets. This did not age nearly as well as I thought it would. Yeah, why do you, why do you say that? It. Have you seen it? Yeah, I, lo- I, I think did, it's an enjoyable movie. Did you watch it this week? I watched it today. Oh, man. <laughs> There's just... But what is it about it that doesn't age well to you? It's like I the character itself just makes you go. Like oh, I know those I, those guys still exist though. So yeah, yeah. that's why I think it does age well. Like uh, Jack Nicholson's yeah, but it's, character is literally somebody's neighbor right now in 2022. It's just the idea that uh this is the guy we're gonna follow, and this is the guy who he is just an unbearable piece of shit and won't get out of his own way and he he doesn't really stop being a piece of shit at the end of the movie he's like nice to two people all of a sudden and it's like oh what a, what an uplifting story <laughs> like he he's nice to these two people what a what a redemption arc honestly uh, to me it just feels like a james brooks movie it's the same format see, and that's the so. thing is i would have preferred if as good as it gets was what the evening star should have been if it had been the same fucking character. Right. Yeah. You asked me in 97, I think that film's like a masterpiece. And Jack Nicholson is still my favorite actor. And I think he puts in a really good performance. I just think he's given kind of a shit script to work with. That that being said, overall, I still enjoyed the film. I just don't think it's aged well. Um, I think I ended up giving it like three or three and a half stars. Uh, but number three is The Full Monty, a film I really like. Uh, a lot of really good performances in that. I'm a big Robert Carlyle fan, big Robert Addy fan. Uh, and uh, I just think it's such a, it's a charming little film and it's the film that could. And I'm glad to see it up here, even if it maybe doesn't deserve to be in the category. It's the closest I've seen comedy come to being respected. So, I mean, you got that and good as good as it gets in the same, yeah, same category as yours kind of, yeah. Uh, Once again, and, this year. Yeah, it's it's good. It's a good film. See it if you haven't. Goodwill Hunting is going at my number two because, again, everything Jonathan said about it, it hit me. One of those films that 25 years ago, it hit me one way. 10 years after that, it hit me a different way. Right. Okay. Watching it, watching it like a week ago, it just destroyed me in ways I wasn't even prepared for. Okay, real quick. You know how I told you how my wife was crying at Titanic for three hours? Uh-huh. Every fucking time I hear, son of a bitch, you took my line. 
every fucking time I drop it here. <laughs> every fucking time. Yeah. Just knowing that that line was ad lib too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Williams is so good in that movie. Like he is, he is the heart and soul of that film. God, he is. And, yep. and it's weird to be watching this film and knowing that, uh, Chasing Amy, which is another film that didn't age very well, came out the same year. And people in the next like five years are like, Ben Affleck's a bad actor. That dude rules. Yeah. So good. Yeah. He's so good in those movies. Yeah. Anyway, it confuses me. Damon's amazing in it. Damon's just so good. Afternoon Delight, for sure. Um, Number one film of this category of my number one favorite film of 1997 is LA confidential. And I, I get some of the criticisms about the violence towards women in that film, but my God, that movie's incredible. And I love any film that pretty much ends in the place where all cops are bad. (laughs) There's no such thing as a good cop. (laughs) Holy shit. Every fucking character in that movie is just, a horrible person and it's so good it's such a good movie and i love it so much. I, I need to watch it. i was hoping oh i kind of really wanted to watch that but i really wanted to watch starship troopers again yeah that's fair that's that's very fair uh starship troopers rules um and probably should have been in, in this category um that'll do big that'll, that'll do big but no la confidential from start to finish is just a fucking wrecking ball of a film and it's everybody's good in it uh again russell crowe guy pierce who's one of my like top five favorite actors of all time yeah. dude one uh, of the most underrated actors of all time he's one of the two guys i say if i ever were to be directing films i would put him in every movie i directed yeah um the other one's hank Azaria, just in case anybody needs to know <laughs> 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 tell me a time you've seen Hank Azaria in a movie and you've been like this guy's putting in a really bad performance do it yeah, no you're not wrong and he's, and he's always somebody different Hank Azaria is amazing um <laughs> yeah uh it, even that piece of shit uh, what's his name is really good in it yeah um so yeah the movie rules I love it I'm trying to fight your Hank Azaria thing but I really can't you can't so that's, but you want to know why it's because all I ever think about is just the birdcage <laughs> I don't like wearing the shoes. They made me fall down. <laughs> Although John Totoro is my your Hank's area. John Totoro is another guy that I would put in everything. A ton of Literally movies. everything. He's he's never bad. Even there's okay, there's one series of films he's really bad in, and I don't blame him for it. That's the that's Transformers. Transformers. He's yeah, terrible in those movies. Sure. <laughs> but I don't blame him for it. Yeah. Uh okay, Titanic. I'm putting Titanic at my number four of these films. Okay. Under, under full money above as good as it gets. Uh, I, I think it's a very flawed film. I think it's kind of uninteresting for a couple stretches of time that we don't get side characters and we're just stuck with two of the most uninteresting characters on earth. Uh, but it's also beautiful and it's also, well-made and you know you could say what you want about stuff not aging well visually but in 1997 this ship looked incredible and oh yeah 
Yeah, yeah of course it deserved best picture. <laughs> 13 year old me is screaming right now. <laughs> this movie deserved best picture. <laughs> I, I'm not usually the, the guy who's like box office equates good movie. And, you know, even last week I was like Independence Day should not have been nominated for best picture. It, it made over almost $2 billion in its first run. It, yeah. it, it revolutionized special effects the way we know them today. It took everything that Jurassic Park did and, and took it so much further over the line. Like it, it's, an, it's a shining achievement of visual filmmaking. Yeah, of course it deserved best picture. It was definitely. <laughs> uh, three yeah. hours and 47 minutes I sat there as a 14 year old boy to see this stupid fucking movie win best picture now I'm saying it should have won oh. <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, I will say though out of everything mentioned uh, the one movie that did get snubbed completely Cronenberg's Crash came out in 1997 yes. bro I don't even know what that I is I thought that came out in 96 no 97 March 97 oh. Fuck yeah, that movie. Rules. Okay, Travis yeah. and Zach, if you haven't seen it, I haven't yet. I, it's one of those, another one that I have on a list. It is a movie about people, namely James Spader and Holly Hunter, <laughs> who get off on car crashes. Oh yeah, crash. Yes, I didn't. I didn't hear. Her. I heard something else. Then I love that, Crash. It, it, yeah. That movie is amazing. You know, the first time I saw that movie was on HBO Action. Nice. (laughs) What? You don't remember? (laughs) uh, Did you have Cox Digital Cable? No, no, no. no, I I understand what you said. I don't understand why it was on that channel. (laughs) Dude, because what's it called? It's got action. You know, they be crashing cars and and fucking. You know what I mean? There's lots of different kinds of action going on. So... (laughs) <laughs> it's got everything you got in Speed 2 and then it's got the fucking you got in Titanic all meshed ha- in the one movie and the cars even have cruise control that's yeah, right exactly alright so Trav let's get into that big question here <laughs> is this the worst best picture of course not this is in my top 10 favorite movies of all time Ooh, wow. wow all time of all time yes Lord, ten hold of back time. on us yeah, what's it called? Well, you know. Yeah, there you go. There it is. Fair enough. Of course not. All right, Zach. No, this is not the worst best picture. I have it at my number twenty-five, uh, holding up the uh, bottom of my four and a half star movies, nestled in between uh, Bridge on the River Kwai and You Can't Take It With You. So that's where it is for me, Jonathan. Um. No, it's not the worst best picture. I had to fight myself not to put this near the bottom because it's not a bad movie. Just not something I'm purposely putting into a DVD player or Blu-ray player, whatever the kids are using nowadays. <laughs> um, I kind of have 27. Oh, wow. That's where I put okay. it. That's because way higher I've... than I thought. A 70 movie, that's way higher. I'm sorry, not 27. I'm sorry, 29. Well, it's still uh, high. This still, 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 still high. I thought you were about to flip it. And be- <laughs> no, no, 29. Sorry. Like 72. We haven't even I, done 72. Movies yet. I'm, I'm just looking at, you know, where do I put it in the movies that I'm going to watch? What I watched before this? Um, yeah. I got it in between Rain Man and Marty. Okay. So I'd rather watch Marty. 
because it's literally half this fucking movie. <laughs> and yeah. It's good. Um, and yeah. Because again, it's not a bad movie. It's just not a movie I care about. So, Paul, is this the worst best picture? No, and I struggled with placement on it. Uh, I'm I'm actually shocked that I have mine lower than you. Uh, not much lower, but lower. Uh, sure. I have it at 36. Okay. Which uh, I have That's right it. under Rocky. I think Rocky's great, and I have it right above Wings. And right above Braveheart. Hey, bubbles. So you have this above Braveheart. I do have this above Braveheart. Are they both four star movies for you. Is that both four stars? I think Rocky's holding up the end of my four and a half. Hmm. Like I could see Rocky, maybe, but this over Braveheart. Well, yeah, we're I, also talking about a movie that he nicknamed Brave Fart. Okay, so Brave I'm, not, to say I'm not shocked at this. He just wanted to say <laughs> fart. <laughs> uh i mean again 1997 1998 you ask me titanic's on the bottom braveheart's probably in the top 10 here we are now Fair enough. I'll, I'll i'll say this if if you need a reasoning i can give you one but Is it uh, boobs <laughs> no braveheart has boobs braveheart in fact i boobs. think braveheart's more boobs maybe it's uh, it, it's, it's most it's mostly the homophobia in Braveheart for me. That's fair. Okay, no, I get it. It's it's a shock that Braveheart's as high as it is for me sometimes. So fair enough. Nope. Okay. All right, gents. Well, I think that's where we're going to call it here. Zach, thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> I met Trav. No, you know what? Fuck you, Trav. Zach, thank you. I love you. Oh. <laughs> That's only the second here. time I've done that, but you guys have only heard the first one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, Trev, thank you they? very much for being here, buddy. <laughs> we appreciate they? you. Because he trimmed his beard, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It but Trav, we do thank you very much for being with us. What do you want to plug today? Uh, <laughs> dead ass. But it's um, <laughs> all yours, baby. Uh, you can find me on the Instagram at ZK Audio, and you can find me on Twitter at T R A V I O S C K, where I'm also on Letterboxd, ranking and rating my favorite movies. And tonight I watched Turning Red with the Girls. And uh, I just want to let all the dads know if you're a dad and you have a daughter, there is no reason why you should not be prepared. And you need to get yourself what I like to call uh, periods for dads. And that's, I built myself a little, my first period kit, you know, when that happens. And uh, just be prepared, fellas, be prepared. As the only right. other person with a daughter here, uh, thanks. <laughs> look, <laughs> yeah. look, I had three sisters and sometimes I would be the one buying the pads. Just happens. Yeah. It just happens. Yeah. Never been, never been a thing for me or a problem. Well, it's going to be a thing, so yeah. No, I mean, like I, I have sisters, multiple women in the house. That's because yeah. we're not yeah. fragile. Yeah, fragile we're masculinity not. in here. Man babies, man babies, my yeah. little man babies. That's right. All right. Well, my name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, the TikToks, and on the Twitch at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? Find me on TikTok at House Havoc. 
Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, Letterbox, searching by my name. Let's see what Mr. Workman's up to. Ah, you can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, and Letterbox, where I am doing a running tally of all the films that I watch. And I also watch Turning Red tonight. Mm-hmm. And it is currently my number one film of 2022. I'm wondering how long that is going to last. We'll check in. Uh, yeah. I am just a sucker for generational trauma. Mm. I just <laughs> love it. Yeah. I'm watching tomorrow, so I guess that I'll get ready. And- Same here. What? Everybody knows my love for uh, coming-of-age movies are bar none. I just love them. This was a really good one. And uh, I have boys, and we watched it with my boys, so I, I don't have to worry about the purity stuff. But uh, it's going to get weird. <laughs> don't get weird. Son, why is the door locked? <laughs> <laughs> Son, why I step on I this crusty you- sock? I can promise you the door will not be locked. So, not the first time, at least. No, definitely not the first time. <laughs> I've heard some stories from some friends where the door was actually open. So, <laughs> wow, <laughs> exhibitionist. And at yeah. that moment, that's when you just lock eyes and you never let go. <laughs> Oh, it's a power play yeah. at that moment. They were wrapped in the moment, damn it. No, you just do it quick and let it go. You don't make eye contact. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, that's right. the question. Zach, what are we watching <laughs> oh. next week? Oh, God. Oh, no. We're watching Shakespeare <laughs> in Love. <laughs> I've actually, I've been a little excited since Drinking Age Movies to talk about this movie. This, yeah, because I wanted to cover it on Drinking Age Movies. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll say this. I'm very interested to see how I feel about this film because this was definitely one of those ones where I had a clear favorite going into the Academy Awards and I didn't watch this one until after. So I have okay about that. Yeah. yeah. So, Tramp. Oh, yeah. sorry. I didn't say where we can watch it. You can rent it on Amazon, Google, Vudu, YouTube, or stream on Pluto TV. Trap. Hey. Thank you. Hey. For producing I, our show. Don't thank me. We uh, super okay, well, you to thank me for that. I, I want to thank you. No, 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 no. Too fucking late. You don't get a thanks. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> You've lost it. Okay. You let it go. <laughs> let it go. Uh, and of course, you find Trav on our sister podcast, Love of Benjamin Banks. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue, who Jonathan used to buy uh, pads for. Uh, <laughs> for our beautiful artwork, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscorsky Pod and on Facebook at the Oscorsky Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Almighty algorithm. Here's a boat, Jack. Here's a boat. Mm. Board trip Jonathan, Zach, Poor little Cora who dies in that stairwell. Yes. We would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>